0: Check, 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 check. Hello and welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore. I am your host. I am your only host this week in a uh, slightly delayed podcast episode for... last week in may which is uh in theory at least right the last week of the state legislative session uh except this year is a bit of an exception as it feels like it is almost every year lately uh the legislature did adjourn sine die and that gave the governor uh, a couple of deadlines so and let me back up the legislature adjourned the regular session, the first regular session of the 59th legislature. They adjourned that sine die, as they are constitutionally required to do by the last Friday in May, and that means that all the bills they pass in those last five days go to the governor, and he has essentially um, ten, no excuse me, 15 days to act on those. If he does nothing, then they are vetoed. They're pocket vetoed. Or you can sign them, of course. Uh, And so he still has some time on that. I think that timeline is right. Goodness, I'm trying to think back. I'm pretty sure that's right. And so that timeline doesn't actually end um, for another week or so. Uh, But there was also a concurrent special session, which is the first extraordinary session of the 59th legislature and that also adjourned not signy die but they adjourned to the call of the chair and they did that because they the legislature moved all of the budget bills into special session because they knew they couldn't get them passed before signy die so they put them into the special session to give themselves more time they sent those to the governor and he um had five days, which ended last Thursday. He had five days to act on those, to either sign them or veto them. And in that situation, it is not a pocket veto, it is a pocket signature. And that's exactly what he did to the budget. He didn't do anything. He let the budget bills become law. The budget passed without the governor's signature because he just chose to do nothing. Now the Governor has hinted or signaled or threatened to call the legislature back for a second special session sometime this summer in order for them to do a very specific thing, and that is to pass a um, a tax refund or a tax credit or a tax cut bill that he wants passed. Now he hasn't actually, called them to special session. Uh, I imagine he's trying to strong harm the leadership, neither of whom I think wants to come back for special session. So this just might not happen. So all that to say regular sessions over special sessions over. And right now we're still in that like 15 day limbo period for about another week to find out if the governor is going to sign or veto some of the remaining bills that were passed at the end of the regular session. Uh, We'll have a more complete recap on this probably later this week, honestly. Um, It's just been kind of hectic uh, the last couple of weeks. And that's, friends, that's actually why I sat down here at the mic to record this today. So normally, I think regular listeners know we record on Friday afternoons. Uh, We've done that for several years. It's worked out fairly well um, most of the time. Uh, But I am recording this on Monday afternoon, actually. And I I don't have an agenda. I don't even have a full script. Um, Truth be told, I actually asked ChatGPT to write me a script. And it, uh, as most things that AI writes, was impersonal, factually fine mostly, but like very generic. And I think our listeners deserve and expect a little bit more. But the reason that I sat down at the microphone here in the Democracy Den today is to talk to you, one person to another, about, uh, I think, something that a lot of us are feeling right now. And that something is like, I don't know, existential exhaustion, I think, is the best term that I've come up with for it. I had a conversation with a colleague today about what's going on in their life. And, um, the, you know, they've, I know a bunch of people in, in similar situations, kids are going off to college. Um, you know, parents are sick. Uh, we all have our own, you know, health issues, mental health issues, struggles, trying to stay hydrated and, you know, live our best life. And, find some semblance of balance between what we feel like we are supposed to do, what we want to do, what we think is good and right and righteous and important to do, right? And I think for a lot of us, you know, Particularly, you know, a lot of my friends and colleagues who work in, we'll say the democracy movement, right? People who are working in civic organizations or nonprofits that are trying to promote good governance and like a strong and robust and representative and fair democracy to advocate for policies that shape how our schools and our And our hospitals and our institutions of higher learning and our safety net programs and our budget and our cities and our counties, all this stuff to shape how it works, right? It feels, I think we just feel weary, right? And this this is somewhat new for me. You know, I just, I worked in healthcare for most of my career. And then just a few years ago, made this jump over to, like democracy, world, politics, if you will. Um, But I also think that since Let's Fix This started, really, you know, we started in early 2016, America is fundamentally different, right? The last seven years have been a emotional and difficult time for our country where we have, been forced and with good reason in many cases to examine, more fully examine and sit with aspects of who we are as a country and who we want to be. And those are not easy conversations. Those are not easy thoughts for us to weigh everything from racism, right? That I think a lot of white people in particular thought was not an issue anymore. And my my black friends would tell you uh, that we were wrong about that. Right. Um, Looking back even to, you know, May of or June of 2020, um, following the murder of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests that came out of that and this um, larger you know, I'll say pro-equity movement, though it is not new and it is not uh, near as broad or as equitable as I think any of us want it to be. But I think for a lot of people stuck at home, you know, during a pandemic with uh, time on their hands to read and to sit and reflect on some of these things, uh, that's been difficult in a good way, right? In the same way that like, a really intense workout is difficult and also really good. I mean, there are very few things in this life that are worth doing that are easy or comfortable. Right. So stuff like that is difficult, but in the end, good. But, but, you know, so I'm trying to like, I don't know, I'm trying to find the words to affirm that it is both good and difficult and worth doing. Right. Um, So if you feel like I somehow minimized or, neglected to directly address your experience i apologize i'm just one one person in a basement with a microphone but there's there's stuff beyond that right there is in the face of that i think in the in the the face of so many people doing the work or trying to do the work or learning how to do the work there also exists in the world like A bunch of folks who seem to like not give one flying fuck about doing the work, right? That continue to be in positions of power, who continue to say absolutely insane, incredibly hurtful things, right? Where they can throw around words and rhetoric that definitely matter, that definitely shape how people feel about themselves and about their fellow Americans, right? Everything from openly racist comments to like the anti-trans legislation that was passed this session, right? The, um, the hate that we see directed at members of the LGBT community, directed at minorities, um, even directed at people just because of their political affiliation or who they are or whatever, that kind of stuff is, um, really just, Incredibly difficult to, I don't know to like reconcile, right? So I don't know about you, but I've I've dramatically decreased my consumption of social media over the last several months um, because uh, because it was starting to feel, you know, like really unhealthy. I think, and it was it was hard for me. It still, is hard for me to understand. How there can be such contempt for your neighbor that is even a little bit different from you? Your um, contempt for your neighbor whom you don't even know, who you know could be just a ray of pure sunshine in your life if you took the moment to get to know them. And when we see that, when in when many of us are quick to judge, when we are quick to cut down another person. I, I just, I, I pause and I wonder why, like, what is it about ourselves? What about, what is it about us as humans that makes us believe it's okay to diminish someone else's existence for, for anything? Like for what, right? Are you to win an election to get yourself one centimeter ahead of the other guy who's going to come out with some kind of, you know, terrible rhetoric as well to make to make yourself feel better, to make you feel stronger or better than somebody else. Uh, you know, Marcus, I've been as I think I've said on the podcast before, I've been trying to make some sense out of uh, out of life lately, and I've been turning to thinkers from. You know, generations before. Uh, people like Marcus Aurelius, who's the former emperor of Rome, um, one of the kind of fathers of Stoic philosophy, or at least um, someone looked to as a uh, good Stoic, certainly not without fault as a person, I'm sure. I can't, you know, he could have been, I don't know, he could have been very violent and, you know, all kinds of things, right? He's emperor of the Roman Empire. Um, it was a very different time and a very different responsibility. But that, you know, personal aspects notwithstanding, um, one of the things that Marcus says is that we should be strict with ourselves and tolerant with others. And this comes up a lot um, in in stoic philosophy. Um, this idea that, that we should, you know, not not judge others, but we should be careful with ourselves. Like we should be very strict. We should hold ourselves to... A level of accountability of personal accountability into we should hold ourselves to a level that is um a higher right like we, we should be strict with ourselves but very lenient very tolerant very uh full of grace right graceful for others um and and i th- I've thought about that a lot i am like any human right i'm too often quick to judge uh, or willing to make judgments, pass judgments on my fellow man for things that I disagree with. Um, and I commit the fundamental attribution error where I might accuse someone or, or portray their personality, their character as something that it is not simply because of a decision they made or a statement they said. And I know that there's a lot of conversation in the, like, larger national discourse about cancel culture and, like, you know, how what do we do with people who have bad moments in their past? In fact, just this morning, I read a story about uh, the Audubon Society, right, which is like the essentially like the International Bird Watchers Association. That's unless you're really involved in birding or conservation, you might not even know who the Audubon Society is, but they've been around for, you know, 120 years or something. And um, I didn't, I thought Audubon was a technical term in some way, but in fact, it's the name of of a man, last name of a man. I forget his first name now. We'll call him Mr. Audubon who was big into conservation and bird birding i guess back in the 1800s but he owned slaves he sold slaves he there's a story about him sailing to you know from new england down to the south and selling the two slaves in the boat that they all traveled on um and so there's a apparently a struggle within the audubon society of should they change their name and of course, the conversation was about what's like what's morally good versus like what would donors like, uh, and that <laughs> that conversation is uh, disgusting and like disheartening. And uh, I don't have a dog in that fight or a bird, as the case may be. But I think we're starting to see, right, like that this self-reflection by America is reaching. Hopefully is reaching more and more areas of American life, right? More and more organizations, companies, um, you know, nonprofits, individuals, families, churches, you know, civic organizations. I think we all must be a little more conscientious, a little more intentional, uh, a little bit better. And all of this you, like takes work, right? Um, again, work is good and hard, and I think I have had a similar version of this conversation with so many of my colleagues here in Oklahoma and across the country over the last couple of months where we feel like consensus, right? agreement, a sense of coming together is increasingly slippery or non-existent. And if you are listening to this, any of this resonates with you and you, I guess I wanted to say you're not alone, right? That, that life is hard right now and we all are kind of traveling a difficult journey. Um, I can't, I was, I was talking uh, with my wife this weekend about the number of people we know, close friends, neighbors, you know, someone's parent or loved one. uh, But like the number of people that we know within, we'll say, two degrees of, of relation that have uh, received a cancer diagnosis in the past couple of months. And it was a little bit shocking. And we're, you know, both in our early 40s. And I guess that we just expected that that's a conversation or experience of life that you don't have until you're like, I don't know, in your 60s or something. You start having friends that are older and dealing with like older life things. We don't expect it in your 40s. Um, but it's here, right? We have we have fewer friends getting married and more folks like getting divorced and having cancer, I guess, is like the – that phase of life. And certainly there are stresses and challenges for everybody, right? As I talked to our interns this semester and would hear from them of their challenges in college, many of those challenges are not just like typical, what I would associate as like typical college student experiences or challenges. They were big, heavy life decisions about, um, you know, not just what they're majoring in or what their next paper is due, that kind of stuff. But how do I chart a career path in a field um, where some employers are don't like don't share my values and like how do I reconcile this work that I've been you know doing my entire like high school and college life and like this formative experience it seems like I'm way ahead of where a lot of organizations or companies might be and what does that look like? That was not something I thought of when I was in college. Gosh, like that's a much heavier, more important conversation um, than I had to worry about. And so I think, like added to all of this, right, is this recognition that, hmm, let me think. I, I think I'd say, I hope that there is a shared recognition among all of us, listeners, you and me, that that we really are all in this together and that while these are big, hairy, difficult, you know, like nation building, shaping things that we're struggling with, we really are doing it together. And many times we're doing it alone, like individually in our lane, you know, in our office or our home where no one else sees. And it feels like a lot. It feels like too much. And you got to step away, you know, you, and whatever you got to do. But you always come back to it, right? And I, I want you to know that we're all, we're all doing that. And there are times and ways for us to do it individually. And there are times and ways for us to do it together. And maybe an ask to you listeners is um, for you to join me, join Let's Fix This, uh, Let's Fix This Votes, Scott, who's not here, anybody else, right, who's working on in this state on this stuff. Let's find ways to work together. Let's be additive to one another's efforts. Let's be complementary, right? Um, you can provide compliments as well, but also like um, complement with an E there. Like, how can we build up one another? How can we work together in a way that is um, lifting uh, of all of these efforts, right? One small opportunity for this, I hope that you'll take advantage of this, is um, – at the end of this month, on June 26th and 27th, that's a Monday and a Tuesday, um, we're going to be at Rose State College for our third edition of CivicsCon, right? our civics convention. This will be the biggest one we've ever done. right? We started this in 2020, and we were going to do it in person, but COVID showed up, um, so we did it virtually, and then we did it last year. It's kind of a small in-person event um, that was really focused on one specific topic of Geo civics right which was like the intersection of geography and civics uh, which is really interesting but it was a kind of a niche thing but this year it's bigger right we're it's going to be 2 days i've spent all day today emailing and responding to emails from speakers we should have a full schedule out hopefully i'm hoping by the end of this week um, with everyone kind of locked in on their time slots uh, but it's going to be really great i mean everything from how you know how a bill becomes a law advocacy things like open primaries um issues about organizing in specific communities um specific issues um things like education policy um uh uh, you know uh, doing advocacy representing like marginalized communities um I'm, i'm totally blanking on the rest of the schedule but if you go to civicscon.com just keep checking that every couple of days we'll let you know there's more and more details coming out all the time I put up a big list of topics the other day um, and as I said should have the schedule out uh, tickets are just ten dollars really cheap hopefully that will um, that helps offset some of the cost for us which is substantial so if you're listening and you'd like to be a sponsor um, there's an opportunity for that online as well at um, civicscon.com. Um, go up and click on resources and go to sponsorships. Um, that would be a huge help. Um, or if you're if you're with an organization that could sponsor, that would be great. But anyway, tickets are just 10 bucks, and um, it's going to be a really good time. I think there is tremendous power in being together in person, having these conversations face-to-face. Um, for, for any of you who can't make it, um, due to scheduling or health issues or anything else, um, you know, we'll, I will try to record some of it, um, but I think we're going to have so many breakout sessions and not that many cameras, um, so I'm not sure on the logistics of that, and we're trying to lean in on getting people there in person, so I'll do what I can, but uh, if you are worried about missing, then you should pay the 10 bucks and you should come, um, and it'll be a really great time. Beyond that, um, we'll be announcing soon um, about a canvassing program. We're going to start this fall, um, likely in like August or September, um, where we need your help. Because while, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand of you are listening to this podcast, there are tens of thousands of our fellow Oklahomans who feel like no one's listening to them who are living their lives, trying to raise their kids and go to work and buy groceries and just get by week to week, month to month. And we want to talk to them. We want them to know that people care and that their voice matters, right? So um, we're putting the finishing touches on a really great kind of canvassing program that is nonpartisan. It's not about a candidate or a party. Um, It's really about the issues that matter most to Oklahomans, and the goal is to listen to what people have to say um, and to be there, right? We'll talk to them and share our stories as well, but it's about relationship building. It is about connecting with Oklahomans in a way that, that most politicians don't, that ignore, right? And this is where I think Our organization and all of our partners, this is like our superpower, right? That we have a way, the opportunity to connect with Oklahomans where they're at in a way that that partisanized folks can't, right? So um, if that is of interest to you, I mean, keep listening to the podcast. Send us an email, podcast at letsfixthis.org. Um, or if you haven't already signed up for email updates on our website, just go do that and we'll be sure to keep you in the loop. That way, I don't send them many emails. I should send more, um, but I'm just one person and there's a lot of emails to read and send in a given day. Okay. Well, listeners, uh, thanks for hanging out with me for the last half an hour or so. Uh, as I said at the top of the program, we'll have a better, more lengthy and well thought out episode. Um, Probably later this week or this weekend, um, that will be specific about what's happening or what's happened at the legislature. By then, we should know, have a much better idea of exactly what's passed and what hasn't. And then over the summer, we're going to be hearing from a lot of folks, a more kind of diverse audience of folks that are um, working on civic issues in our state. Hopefully, I think we all are crossing our fingers that we don't go back for a second special session and that some of the calamity that tends to be associated with the state capital dies down a bit and gives us all a chance to be more thoughtful and more intentional about how we can organize in our communities, how we can organize ourselves and our friends and our families and our neighbors into strong advocates for the things that matter most to us. If you would like to be involved In this growth, in this process of connecting people, Um, lots of ways to do that. I mentioned CivicsCon. I mentioned the canvassing program that will start this fall. But also, we're doing house parties. Like, we would love – it'll be me, most likely. Some of them are bored um, and some volunteers uh, to come. You invite your friends, right? Invite 10, 15 of your friends to come to your house, Let's do a barbecue. Let's have cheese and crackers. I don't care. Um, But I would love to come into your home or your backyard or your coffee shop or whatever you got and tell your friends about and people in your network. Tell them about how they can work with you, with us, all of us together to build a better Oklahoma. Right. There are lots of folks that want to be involved and aren't because they haven't been invited and this is your invitation from me to invite people in your life that know you and trust you and say, hey, you know, I know this person. They're really cool. They've got a good head on their shoulders. They're someone I look to for this information. Um, this is your opportunity to share a little more information with them uh, and help them get involved. So let's do that over the summer. Let's, I'll, I will go to two barbecues, two backyard things a week if I have to. But the time is now, right? So the time is now. Okay. On that note, we'll end this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, Please go to two websites. One is civicscon.com. Check out all the information there. And then let'sfixthis.org, of course, and get all the information there. Sign up for the newsletter. Stay in the loop. Have a good week.